We would like to say a special thank you to Aaron and Jody Odland for sponsoring this week's episode. After Christ shows up, he's baptized. This is my son. He's been identified as the seed, mm-hmm. the beloved. Yeah. And now start stomping on the head of the devil. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this week's conversation, Dr. Chris Krogan is back to break down the well-known account of Jesus being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. You've likely heard how the devil tried to accomplish this. Turn this stone into bread. Worship me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And throw yourself from the top of the temple. God will send angels to save you. Adam Curie and I asked Dr. Krogan basic questions such as, if Jesus was fully human, how could he have lived for 40 days in the wilderness? And what are examples of the devil saying the thing he says most often? Did God really say... Dr. Krogan provides key insights into this week's text, including the significance of the 40 days in the wilderness, how the devil truly operates, and how Jesus responds to the devil questioning God's word. I can't wait for you to hear how Jesus and us can take down the devil. But first, here's Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. And now, on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with us this week. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. It's good to be here. 
We are in uh, the fourth chapter of Luke, uh, Dr. Krogan, and we were just talking before the episode. Uh, uh, it's the temptation. Yep. This uh, always uh, occurs uh, directly after the uh, baptism of Christ. Yep. Sometimes you'll, you'll hear the language and the spirit immediately pushed him out. Yep. Uh, in our text today, it's uh, was led by the spirit in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were just kind of uh, looking at the context of this and, and seeing that between the baptism and this temptation, there's something else in Luke's gospel. Right. So there's this long genealogy. So Luke lays forth this long genealogy which basically is a genealogy that traces from Adam, Adam and Eve in the garden, to Christ and does all this connection, which is a fascinating thing, I think, because obviously Adam in the garden and Eve, they're tempted by the devil and they fail the temptation, right? Mm -hmm. That is to say, the devil puts a word of deceit and doubt into their ears. Mm -hmm. Christ shows up. Now, remember what we've talked about is what was promised to Adam and Eve after they were banned from the garden, that God would send Christ to crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Seed was going to crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. So this is that first engagement after Christ shows up, he's baptized. This is my son. He's been identified as the seed, mm-hmm. the beloved. Yeah. And now, start stomping on the head of the devil. Yeah. The last verse we hear, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Exactly. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. The scripture's yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. my God. Like, oh. are you kidding? Uh-huh. That Adam has to deal with the devil mm-hmm. in the garden. And then here we have this long genealogy from Adam to yep. Jesus. Yep. Jesus and Jesus yep. immediately has to deal with the devil. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so this is, the, this is the fulfillment of the promises. I'm going to send my seed to take on the devil. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Opening, you know, ministry sal- salvo. <laughs> yep. So this is part of the, the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, returning from the Jordan, drove him out into the wilderness. So this is why he was drove, driven out in the wilderness, is to take on the new Adam is now going to start to do battle with the devil. So my first question is just a logistics question. Good. If Jesus is fully human, how could he have lived 40 days without any food, any water of any kind? Because, I mean, or, and that's where I'm like, is this, because as we'll continue, you'll, it feels like it's very, it's almost like a dream. It almost Mm -hmm. feels like a dream. The language is very dreamlike. So I feel like it almost gets people wondering, like, is this actually real? Did it actually happen? Was Jesus actually starved, or um, I think it said famished? Famished? No, he, it doesn't say he didn't have water. So first of all, that he, is true. He, he, yeah, that but, is but, true. But, but let's not get scientific. Let's just talk about the forty days. Okay. So what is the forty days saying? Well, this is this is actually over a, a month. Yeah, it's a, but it's over a month. <laughs> let's, it not, let's not get scientific. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at the symbolism, which it might not be just symbolism. We can say it still was 40 days, but there's something that goes on with 40 days throughout the Old Testament. And the 40 days is always how God is dealing with parts of sin. That is to say, so you have Noah and the ark, 40 days and 40 nights, right? And you have Moses he, it was 40 days when he received the law to deal with Israel's sin at Sinai. It's 40 years in the wilderness 
right? So this 40, I think, is an important number, mm-hmm. is what we're getting at. Mm-hmm. And so this is, by the way, why this particular passage, we're in the first Sunday of Lent. So this is the beginning of the season of Lent. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, what Lent is this 40-day journey, right? Mm-hmm. From Ash Wednesday to Easter. And uh, so that's, it's, it's, let's just think about the number 40, not how... Did he stay without food for? You know, over I'm going to be thinking about yeah. how did he? Yeah, no, I know, but he I'm had just to saying, drink a lot of water. Right. Yep. Well, so, I mean, you get you get the human element of this famished. Right after this, he he ate nothing at all during those days, and yep. when they were over, he was famished. Yeah. So that's just. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you're not going to eat anything for 40 days, most yep. people would be dead. Jesus, he's famished. Like you can imagine that, and he's also at his most vulnerable. He, he's experiencing here. the weight of his humanity, actually. Yeah, and so this is the key too: is he's 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 going through, and man cannot live by bread alone, right? We've heard this passage, but by the most holy word of God, and so this is kind of all that stuff is is this is what's going on: is you are sustained by God, not by mammon, okay? Okay. Good. So the the first spot the devil tempts him is when it says, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread, Mm -hmm. to which Jesus answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Right. So my, I guess my second question Mm -hmm. is, is this... We, we and you mm-hmm. are infamous for saying the devil does one thing. Mm-hmm. He says, did God really say? Right. So how is he kind of putting that back into this ear, into Jesus's ear with all of his different temptations? Good. This is a good question. So at his baptism, this is my son, the beloved. What is the first question? If you are the son mm-hmm. calling it into question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so trying to undermine, trying to undermine word. the very yeah, first the word very that word. the devil says. Yeah. Exactly. If, which is yeah, always which against is, the Adam. Hmm. If, or did God really say, yeah. And calling into question what God said, <laughs> if you are the son of God. So it's just this battle. The devil comes back in and counters the father's um, word of promise and command, which is then use your powers mm-hmm. to serve yourself. Yeah. Again, this is like telling God, God, be selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. be the giver you are. Yeah. Be self-preserving. Just use your power for your own benefit, which is why he's famished. And, yeah. yeah. And and so then now the interesting thing is, did God really say God's word? What is how does Jesus what's Jesus' antidote? To did God really say the word? Yeah, the word. God yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. God yes. said. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah. So it's a yeah. nice touche, right? <laughs> He's a better man than me. If yeah, but, I were famished in those shoes, I would not be quoting the Bible. Yeah, but no, but this is exactly it. Is uh, it's it the, the first Adam fell for the temptation to mm-hmm. not believe God mm-hmm. said. Yeah. yeah. And what did Jesus say? God said. Yeah. God said. Good. And then the second, um, so, okay, so before we get to the second temptation, so the devil changes the scenery mm-hmm. with this as well. Is there any significance there? Because in verse 5, it says he um, led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. 
And then, so he kind of uses that to preface his temptation. Yeah. Is there any significance there or no? So note, all the kings of the world, and then what does the devil say? These are mine. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, another lie. <laughs> it's not the devil's. Mm-hmm. But you can just see the devil lying of trying to deceive. And to you, I will give their glory and all this authority for it has been given over to me and I will give it to anyone I please. The devil doesn't have the authority to give the authority. Mm-hmm. Right? But again, it's lie upon lie upon lie. Mm-hmm. If you then will worship me, mm-hmm. it will all be yours. What does worship me? In other words, believe my lie. Yeah. If you will say, I am the authority. So again, it's kind of like one of these backwards things. So um, the first the first temptation he's attacking, especially the word of God, mm-hmm. and he's saying, prove it, essentially. Prove mm-hmm. you're, if you're the son of God. The second one, he's attacking... The authority of God, or he's well, a, he's basically you know, saying all, all these ways he is. But yeah, I mean, he's he's basically saying, I have the authority, yeah. which he doesn't. Yeah, and so he's like, do you believe my lie? Yeah, yeah. Again, he's asserting something. He's asserting something, and he's lying and going, "Are you going to fall for my lie again?" So it's just one lie after another. Um, and you can, how do you worship by giving the devil the authority he doesn't have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And I mean, uh, we're, we're kind of speaking generally, but th- it is specific. He says, uh, to you, I'll give their glory and all this authority. That is all of these kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. It's it's a lot as if they weren't Christ's anyway. Yeah. You know, it's again, calling into question. And this is what we've said in, in the past. And we've talked about this just in our own Bible studies and stuff is if you actually um, debate the truth of something, you've conceded the possibility it's not true. Yeah. So Which is such a weird concept to think it is. about. Right. It broadens the horizons or it makes what uh, was once something unpalpable or yeah. legitimate in yeah, some way. Exactly. I remember that's what brought you in at first, Adam, was like back in the days of yore when we Luther House to Study Club at Augustana wasn't mm-hmm. even a thing and Chris and Sarah first were talking to him. Like I remember you guys said something like that and Adam being the I think you were in law you were studying some sort of law classes at the time and his mind it just like grasped him. Yeah, because again, but it's true. If you leave something up for debate, it automatically assumes the possibility exists that it's not true. Yeah. And this is exactly what the devil's constantly doing. Because if there's only one truth, there's nothing to debate. Yeah, exactly. This is why certainty, the only certainty, we've talked about this, is faith. Mm -hmm. What is faith? That Christ is for you. Yeah. If you wonder that, it's no longer certainty, right? That's wonderment, right? And so then it's no longer true. What do people say about faith sometimes? How it's... Uncertain. I mean, people. Say yeah, people will say faith is is managed doubt. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, and no, yeah. it's not yeah. managed yeah. doubt. It's the doubt and faith are the exact opposite. But what the devil's constantly doing here? Doubt this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Call it into question. That's what's going on. Yep. And so, what is the other important point here? Which is why. Um, this is important. Adam and Eve fell for, did God really say, what does Jesus do again? It is written. Mm-hmm. 
God said. Mm-hmm. So his constant antidote, his constant thing is, God said, God said, God said. That's the antidote. So he uh, continues on. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. So he took him to the holiest of all places. And a week or two weeks ago, we already determined Jesus, you know, knows Jerusalem Mm -hmm. is his place of death too. Um, And he essentially gives the ultimate option of self-sacrifice, I guess, for Jesus being like, this is your chance to save yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's not even it's, sacrifice. He's just telling him to just take take a chance and test yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to gain anything. He's just mm-hmm. saying, if jump. you're really the son of God, right? You're really you the son die. of God. You won't die, and and so and so it's the devil saying, Let, let's see if the word is really true. Yeah, that's again, and it's again that the temptation is, is God a liar? Which is, is God like me? That would be if he's a liar, he's me, and so that's. <laughs> See, I mean, the devil is only a liar. Mm-hmm. And so is God a liar? So it's the exact same temptation. Um, and so uh, so it's a backwards way of see if the word is true. Mm-hmm. Test it. Yeah. Try it out. Well, this is like trying to, you know, science is only um, real. A theory is only proven as, you know, legitimate as if you can test it over again, Right. And it, it comes back with the same results. Mm-hmm. So it's this, but note, science only is skepticism. It's not truth. And so this is what, test it, test it, try it out. Let's see. Let's see if it will come come to, to bear. Mm-hmm. No, God said it. It's true. And so um, prove, if you ever want God to prove himself, you just call him a liar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just call him a liar. And yeah. that's exactly what the devil's on here. And so, but what's interesting is, he tries to use scripture mm-hmm. again. So now he takes the word mm-hmm. and tries to use it against Christ, the, the chosen one. And so Jesus says, well, let me use scripture against your attempt to use scripture. It is said, do not put the Lord God to the test because doing so is actually breaking the first commandment. Um, so you're trying to bargain with God mm-hmm. and then you're using skepticism to prove a promise. You can't. You can't use doubt to prove a promise. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what was going on here. So how, I mean, uh, this is a familiar text. Yep. I think uh, last Lent, maybe we had this text as well in uh, different uh, gospel, but uh, how do we preach this? I mean, uh, there's there's things you can say perhaps about each temptation, but mm-hmm. how how is it that you would go about yeah, so I would lay out, um, I would, if I were to start to write a sermon on this one, I would start talking, I would use or some modern day um, phrases of show me the money, right? Um, yeah, or you, so you'd say something like that, which is like, you know, prove it. Yeah, you'd say, yeah. you start saying, we have all kinds of ways we, we go about this, mm-hmm. is the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Show yeah. me the money. Um, show talk the, is cheap. Show me the gold. Yeah. That's how you used to say the Fed. Is that what you're... <laughs> <laughs> but talk, talk is cheap. You know, I mean, the real deal, all that kind of... And we say this is exactly what the devil is doing 
is trying to get us to tell God to prove it, mm-hmm. all right? And, um, and so as to try to make a liar out of God. And so then I would show how this is a constant thing and it's ingrained in our understanding of the way the world works. You literally, innocent until what? Proven guilty mm-hmm. beyond a reasonable, reasonable doubt. doubt. So this is the way the world works. The devil is trying to play using this law, this mm-hmm. structure, this skepticism to get to some kind of decision for you. Well, that is, again, um, beyond a reasonable doubt is not faith still. Mm-hmm. That's reason. Yeah. And so, which yeah. is why we can convict people on false evidence because yeah. you can persuade somebody into uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, which still isn't certainty, which is why you can have appeals to, to things. Right. But you, right? I mean, you need to do this in the real world. I mean, in the world. Exactly. So we're not saying this is bad, but yeah. what, what you can start to recognize. And so if I was preaching this, I'd say, this is literally what we've been trained in from when we we're little kids and up, but it's God does not lie Yeah, is what this whole text is about. God does not lie. And then this, the seal, the deal on this. So when he said, your sin is forgiven, God does not lie. When he says he's going to raise you from the dead, God does not lie. When he says, you're mine, my sheep hear my voice, God does not lie. Christ, that's his first out of the chute, what he's stomping on the devil's head. God does not lie. He's not the devil. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. As you heard in this week's conversation, the only thing the devil can say is, did God really say? We just came from Jesus's baptism, where God told us who Jesus is, my son, the beloved. And the very first thing the devil says is, if you are the son of God, the devil is a liar. But Dr. Krogan showed us that the answer to questioning God's word is exactly what Jesus did, quoting God's word. You can rely on God's word because it's true, capital T true. God does not lie. When he said your sin is forgiven, when he said he'll raise you from the dead, when he said you're mine, God does not lie. If you've ever found yourself wondering about a certain term or concept we discussed on Scripture First, we have dozens and dozens of free resources on our website to help you learn about Lutheranism and the freeing gospel of Jesus Christ saving us from our sins. We have videos and study guides for everything from the distinction between the law and the gospel to the meaning of baptism to breaking down Luther's key teachings such as the bound will and the freedom of a Christian. Go to lutherhouseofstudy.org to learn more. Luther House of Study's mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals, as well as members of the church, without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu 
That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God does not lie. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.